What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. And welcome to the Happy Recap. We are going to get to everything after the 49ers beat down the Rams 24 to 9. Before we do, I want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always appreciate all your ratings, all your reviews. Please, please, please keep them coming. I like to say, if you take the time to leave a review, we will take the time to read it on the show. What a night for the 49ers. And what a coming out party for this 49ers defense. If there was any doubt in anybody's mind about how good this defense is, they just absolutely put the Super Bowl champions in a car seat on national television. It was a smothering performance by the 49ers defense. Zero touchdowns allowed. Zero touchdowns allowed. They scored more touchdowns than the Rams did tonight. It was an absolute beatdown. And D'Amico Ryans is going to have his pick of head coaching jobs after the season. But we got a long way to go before that. Congratulations to the 49ers. What a whooping. How nice is it to come back and have a happy recap for a change? This was a beautiful performance by the 49ers. We're going to get to all of it. We're going to get to Kyle Shanahan's play calling, which was driving me crazy. We can get to some of the injuries that happened because there were some significant injuries for the 49ers that I do want to talk about. We're going to get to as many of your questions and comments as we can. I should be joined by Akash Anavarathan and Levin Black at some point. Uh, so we should hopefully hope them have them uh, join us as well. So it's going to be a great night. But we have to start with the defense. We have to start with the defense. This is the best defense that Kyle Shanahan has ever had. Period. End of discussion. No question about it. And they're not even at full strength because Jimmy Ward's coming back from IR soon. They could get better. This is unbelievable where we are right now. It is crazy. And Troy Aikman's on the broadcast trying to talk about Jimmy Garoppolo. No, 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 no. There is one team that has held the Rams to 10 points or less twice in the Sean McVay era. You know who that team is? I do. San Francisco 49ers. That's who it is. That's how good this defense has been. And every time the 49ers play the Rams, they seem to get right. I don't know why. I don't know how. But they seem to get right. And let's go to Flint, 7785. Thanks for the super chat. Hufanga is a bleeping monster. Yes, he is. Accurate. Hufanga the unrelenting. That's what I call him. He's incredible. He is everywhere. You know, earlier in this game, the 49ers dropped a, an interception in the end zone. Tashawn Gibson dropped it. And I said, can a 49ers safety ever catch a damn interception against the Rams? And lo and behold, here comes Talano Hufanga shooting down the field because the Rams only throw screen passes, apparently, catches the ball, deflects off his helmet, and I was like, oh, God, please don't drop this. Reels it in, runs down the field, stuck it in the end zone. Unbelievable that that guy was a fifth-round pick. He looks incredible. Love this comment. At uh, Full White's watching on the YouTube page. Same old sorry-ass Rams. When they play the Niners, they are. Let's welcome in Levin Black. Levin, I'm not starting anywhere but the defense tonight. They announced their presence with authority, and the rest of the NFL is officially on notice. Yeah, best defense in the league, easily, I think, at this point. 
and one that can be historic if the offense is mediocre even. Like this defense, there's no weakness. There's no way to attack them. You know what I mean? Like you can't run on them. You can't pass on them. You can't pass deep. You can't pass short. You can't pass over the middle. And it's because the linebackers are covering the intermediate and beneath middle. And then you got great DBs on the outside, great safeties, and you got the D-line just wrecking havoc. Like there's nothing else to say starting out like you said. We got to talk defense, defense, defense. And it's like, who do you want to go to? Hufanga, yes, we talked about him for a little. How about Dre Greenlaw? 15 tackles tonight, 12 solo. Bosa, of course, gets a sack because he gets a sack every game. He had five quarterback hits in this game, and he was getting strangled for part of it. And the refs just flat out were not calling it before that Hufanga interception. I mean, this defense, seven sacks in the game. Seven sacks. They're they're unbelievable. D'Amico Ryans is in his bag. And look, if they could do this to the Rams, this travels. They can do this against anybody. This it's it's so refreshing to see a 49ers defense this good. I am now at this point wondering at what point can we start to say this is the best defense the 49ers have ever had in franchise history? Well, I think you got to wait longer than four games. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the real place that we're at. This could very well be the best defense the 49ers have had. Certainly looks like it through four games. You know, like you said, seven sacks. They had the the uh, fumble there at the end. They had the pick six. Yep. And the only two things that they did poorly were that they should add two more interceptions. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, that's a good sign when the worst things you do are the interceptions that you didn't uh, catch. There's no weakness. You said it right. Uh, I want to get to this comment just because Kevin dropped it and we appreciate the super chat. When games like this happen and we predictably hear Jimmy, blah, 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 Jimmy, blah, 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 this by the crew. It infuriates me. Jimmy sucks. JFC. Yeah. Troy Aikman was all on Jimmy Garoppolo tonight. And it's like, no, dude, it's the defense. It's D'Amico Ryan's. Somebody put it out on Twitter and I, I apologize. I can't remember who it was. And they said, are we at the point where D'Amico Ryan's is the best coach the 49ers have? Maybe. Because here's what D'Amico is doing. This is why I, I sort of give him the edge over Kyle right now. He's maximizing the talent that he has. He has incredible, talented players. Warner, Bosa, Armstead, who was banged up tonight, I know. Ward, all those guys. And he's getting the absolute most out of them. They are on a historic pace right now. That's why he gets the edge over Kyle. Because Kyle has great defensive or great offensive players. But... They're underperforming right now. Well, D'Amico's getting everything that is there to be gotten out of this defense, and it's a credit to him. I think one of the key things right now that I would say is that D'Amico changes his defense in terms of what he does with that defensive line, how he gets pressure every single week. He customizes it to the opponent, and he's almost always, you know, hammer right on the head of the nail with the changes that he makes, and this game is no different. He made it. Every change you would want to see to limit this Rams offense. So we welcome in Akash Anavarathan from the Shannon plan. What's up, Akash? What's up, Rob? What's up, guys? Hell of a night. Big win. Big win. Niners needed it. Back against the wall. They had to come with it, and uh, they delivered. Unbelievable performance. We haven't even stopped talking about the defense yet because they were just so damn good in this game. I asked Levin a question. I'll pose it to you. Is D'Amico Ryan's the best coach the 49ers have right now? No. <laughs> I mean, it's it's impossible to tell, but, you know, he has his unit humming right now. 
I Hummin. mean, they were just playing out of their minds. I think the key here in last year against the Rams and Matt Stafford, the 49ers didn't blitz a ton because Matt Stafford eviscerates the blitz. And tonight, I, they blitzed more often than not. And they got home with, what, six or seven sacks, I think. Both seven. had a couple just flying around. But I don't think he's the best coach in the 49ers. I mean, you got to give the CEO, Kyle Shanahan, that title. Uh, just because D'Amico Ryans doesn't have the, res- the same responsibility that Shanahan has as the head guy. Fair. Responsible for it all. Fair. But Kyle chooses to be responsible for the offense. And they're underperforming. And they underperform in this one, too, partly because of Kyle Shanahan. And we can get to it now. We can go back to the defense later. They're on the two-yard line. And he kicks the field goal. And it almost, like, if the defense doesn't score that touchdown, it's a whole different ball game. I I couldn't believe that even in that situation, on the two-yard line, where if you don't get it, the Rams got to go 98 yards. Kyle still kicked the field goal. Somebody has to shake him out of this, Levin. I think it's even worse than that. Debo was down at the one, and you had multiple plays if you go forward on fourth down. Just QB sneak it. We know Jimmy can get one yard on multiple tries. You know, he's going to get a couple yards more often than not. So that's what I didn't get. Why are you even trying anything else? You know Jimmy is a really good QB sneaker. You're on the one. Just do it. I had the exact same thought as you actually, because when they got down to the one, I was like, okay, there's an option like a play action fake or a QB sneak or just something wide open. And I I actually thought they had a good play dialed up there on third down. They had Ayuk on the return route and he got open against Jalen Ramsey. And I'm not sure if Garoppolo would have had the throw. Aaron Donald was in his way. He had a good throw to George Kittle on that play. Um, Mm -hmm. And George was just going to get two feet down. This is the one thing I'm critical of caution hand is his fourth down decision-making. It's, Always just kind of hit or miss. Sometimes he goes for it, sometimes he doesn't. It feels like there's no rhyme or reason to it. I would have gone for it there, especially with the way your defense is playing. Just go for the kill shot. Yep. And if not, they still have to drive it back the other way. But, yeah. I thought it was pretty out, especially when the field goals, it's still a one-score game, even if you make the field goal. That was the thing. Because I feel like it's unfair to the defense. The defense was so good, and you ha- you're making them be perfect. It was very frustrating for me. Uh, Gray Fox 198. Thank you very much for the super chat. Debo owns the Rams. It angers me that we could be undefeated right now, but there's nothing sweeter than beating the Rams. Now we have to beat the breaks off Carolina and Atlanta. Keep up the great work you guys do at Niners Nation. And that's the thing. This game was kind of a pivot point for the Niners, right? Lose this game and you're one in three. And then if you're lucky, you go into that Chiefs game with a 500 record if you could beat Carolina and Atlanta. Now you win this game. You're two and two. You're in first place in the NFC West. You got two easy, easy games, quote unquote, against some weaker teams. You can go there and then you can go into that Chiefs game at four and two looking pretty damn good, Akash. Absolutely. And the Panthers offense has been historically bad. Baker Mayfield looks inept. I mean, the 49ers defense (laughs) should shut out this offense next week. I don't even think it's a 10 a.m. start. I think it's a 1 at 1 p.m. kickoff. So there's no east to west coast. Um, or West Coast to East Coast, you know, time adjustment. Then they'll mm. stay the week over. They'll be at the Green yep. Fire, then play at Atlanta, who sneaky yeah. has been winning games despite, you know, maybe having, you know, not so good of a, of a roster. So, you know, I think that Atlanta game may be a little tougher than we anticipate, but the 49ers should beat the brakes off of the Panthers. Um, you know, we talked about this at the start of the season. At worst, they should be 4-2. and two. 
you know, after six games, and they're on track for that. And a big thing, they've won two divisional games. Yes. They only won two last year. They're 2-0 and in the division. That's why they're going to be atop the NFC West when we wake up tomorrow morning. That'll be big. They play the Rams again in three weeks, uh, who will be coming off a of bye, I think. So, yeah, I think huge, huge win tonight. And they just have set themselves in a position to be really, really good. I see your super chat there with Jimmy Ward. You know, I saw something interesting this week that multiple people are kind of kicking around is, do you necessarily put Jimmy Ward right back into the same role he was in prior in the safety, or do you maybe put him at nickelback because Gibson and Hufanga have been so good as a tandem? I think that's interesting because nobody's been playing poorly in that defense. Right. Like, you put him at nickelback, well, Lenore's done well, and you still had Samuel Womack had two very good games in his first two games in, in the nickel spot. And at safety, like, do you put Jimmy Ward in and bench, obviously, Gibson – but then does Hufanga have the same role or do you have to change it because, you know, Ward can certainly do more than what Gibson can, but he's not really played the same exact role that Gibson is currently playing. So I think that's a really interesting thing. I let D'Amico handle it. Everything that guy touches turns to gold, man. Whatever you want to do, D'Amico, <laughs> like I'm down with it. You obviously know what the hell you're doing. It, it mean, sucks in week four when you know your defensive coordinator is all but guaranteed to be gone. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? We can enjoy him for the rest of this year. I mean, this is – they come out, and they are just smothering people. Their hair is on fire. Like, the Rams come out, and they're, they're moving the ball down the field in the first quarter. I'm like, all right, this could, you know, this could be a little challenge. And they just clamp down. Ben don't break. I mean, I, Kyle Shanahan better take advantage of this defense. I'll tell you that. Absolutely. Giving me 2019 vibes when you knew they had an elite defense, elite run game. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo and the weapons that they had, they added Emmanuel Sanders midway through the season. That year started different, right? They were, what, 8-0, 9-0. They didn't have the duds that they've had this season. But I feel like roster talent-wise, very similar. I know they've had a couple injuries. They're going to miss Eric Armstead here probably, I'm sure, who, yeah. who missed the game with his foot issue. Trent Williams is out. Elijah Mitchell's out. They've, they've got some injury concerns, but man, if they can keep that defense healthy, I think the offense just needs to play clean games. Don't turn over the ball. Just, you know, don't spit up all over yourselves. And they should be in all, most of these games. You know, most of these opponents aren't going to be the Rams, aren't going to be the Chiefs, aren't going to be the Packers, right? You're going to be playing teams that are less talented than you. And that defense is going to keep them in the game more often than not. You know, I'm looking at the box score here. It is a really weird uh, statistical breakdown. The Rams ran 70 plays or 73 plays to the Niners, 49, and they had 21 first downs to the Niners, 13, eight more first downs, yet they were outgained by 70 yards. <laughs> that's really weird. Uh, Kevin Dennis watching on the YouTube page. I personal message Kyle Posey about this, and I need an answer. What does Kyle do? Seriously, Niners Nation needs to define what does Kyle do. Tell me what I need to donate before an expose happens by the best 49ers coverage does a call out. I'm assuming he's talking about Kyle Shanahan and not Kyle Posey, because Kyle Posey <laughs> does a ton for Niners Nation. Look, Shanahan's offense has definitely been behind the D. De- I mean, how could you not be behind the defense? If, if they were going to play up to the defensive level, they'd have to score every time. I did think the passing game looked a little smoother this week than last week. Um, And, you know, I was screaming about it during the game. Get the ball to 11, to 19, and to 85. And when you do, good things happen. 
and Jimmy Garoppolo throws that ball to Debo Samuel that's high. Debo makes a great catch, saves it from being intercepted, and then rumbles through the entire Rams defense for an explosive touchdown. Get it to your playmakers, Akash, and good things happen. Absolutely. A couple things I noted early. They put Jimmy Garoppolo in the shotgun, which they did last year against the Rams. He's more successful historically against the Rams for whatever reason. Maybe it's because he doesn't have to turn his back to the defense. Um, His quick release, the arm angles, all maybe they work better out of shotgun. But at one point in the game, I think he had 17 pass attempts, and I think the Niners had like nine rush attempts. And a lot of them were just quick hitters, like you mentioned. Get them out, horizontal, get it out to Debo, get it out to IU, get it out to Jennings, and then let them make magic after the catch, which has been their formula. It's been their identity with Garoppolo. It's what's made them successful. And I thought they just went back to it tonight. And we talked about it last week. You know, the the run game wasn't working as well for whatever mm-hmm. reason. Maybe it's the backs who aren't healthy, the offensive line, you know, obviously missing Trent Williams. Just whatever the case, it just it just wasn't the same. So what, what Kyle Shanahan did, you know, you get your ball out to the out to your playmakers and let them make magic, which is what they did, right? Debo Samuel, fifty-seven yard touchdown. Uh, you couple plays, wide receiver screens look like they were working again. And you know, I think Kyle Shanahan really stresses the defense horizontally, not just vertically. And we saw that on display, um, you know, completely tonight. Eleven, check out this super chat. <laughs> Somebody likes me. There's at least one, I guess, out there. Chris Maldonado. First off, Levin, the truth, black is the goat. Second, watching at these after games has become ritual. Third, Debo made magic off that hospital ball Jimmy threw. Uh, that, that's a ton of good points by you, Akash. And it's nice to see the 49ers kind of do that a little bit because they had to do something. One of the things I wrote on my notes before the game even started was, what do the 49ers do differently? Because what they've been doing isn't working. And I felt like they kind of stopped running the ball with Debo. They figured out, like, it ain't working. He had two rushing attempts in the whole game for two yards. It's just defenses are ready for it. The offense doesn't get the play set up properly, whatever it is. But they changed it up enough to at least score some touchdowns, which I was happy to see. And maybe, do you think we see less of Debo as a running back going forward, Levin? Probably a little bit less. He's still going to be in there. I mean, they did finally use him as a decoy there on the on the juice run. Yeah, and that was how nice. effective it was. You, you sent Wilson in motion, and you had Debo going that direction. So the whole defense cheated that direction, and Juice was able to come back the other way. Uh, I think you'll still see that. I think once once you run that decoy enough, I think defenses might adjust, and there'll be more of an opportunity for Debo to actually do something in the running game. So. I think you'll probably see a little bit less of him getting the ball like you saw in this game, but they still got him the ball. So many wide receiver screens, and I think they're going to have to keep doing that, especially now with McKivitt's out. out. You know, they can't drop yeah. back and do, you know, seven-step drops and expect to be able to actually do anything with it because Jimmy's going to have a guy in his face. Which arguably works in Jimmy Garoppolo's favor, right? <laughs> He's better when it's just three-step right. drop. You know, when his back foot hits, ball's coming out. He knows where to go with the ball. Sometimes it doesn't let those deeper developing routes develop, which we argue about all the time on social media, right? He doesn't see open receivers, but that's kind of the pros and cons of that. But I thought you made a really good point um, about Debo Samuel being a decoy. And when you go back to that Bears game, when Trey Lance was there, they ran that triple option play where Debo Samuel goes left, three linebackers follow, and then it was Lance and option play to Mitchell. Now with Jimmy Garoppolo, the running threat isn't there, so what do you do? You motion Jeff Wilson one way. You you hand them off the use check. So there's your third, you know, 
rushing threat. So kudos to the creativity. I feel like we were killing them for their run game. And Chris Forster, obviously, Anthony Lynn, Kyle Shanahan all have their hands in the cookie jar. And I thought they did a better job today just getting their, their playmakers the ball, which yes. is what you, what you want to do when you have that much talent on offense. Javi Vega watching on the YouTube page. Seven sacks, holy hell, missed the whole game. Well, you missed a good one, Javi, and thanks for the uh, for the comment there. Appreciate you watching. You missed a good one. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to say was I loved that little play that they ran to Juice where they had Ayuk, I think, going in and uh, running a slant, and Juice was in the slot and just ran out to the flat. But because they throw the ball to the middle of the field so often, mm-hmm. both Rams defenders – slam down on the slant and juice is wide open and it's an easy throw for Jimmy. And he runs 35 yards down the field, basically untouched that they took advantage of the fact that everybody knows the 49ers tendencies and it worked to their advantage. They got a, a I don't want to say easy, but a kind of easy 35 yard gain. That's Kyle Shanahan. He loves those high low designs where you've got a re- receiver running, you know, uh, a deeper route and a receiver running a shallow route and forcing the defenders to make decisions. You know, you got three defenders in that area. You know, it's going to be, con- you got to communicate in those spots when you have receivers, you know, running those type of routes and defenders more often than not against this offense, you know, two defenders follow one guy and leave one guy wide open. And Jimmy Garoppolo does a good job of finding that guy. And you- exactly what you said, right? I think Shanahan's so good at knowing what defenses will key on because of your offensive tendencies, he will throw something else at you uh, to counter that. And when it works, it's beautiful. And that's a perfect example of that, right? Everyone against the Niners and Garoppolo will hammer home, protect the middle of the field, protect the middle, protect the slant. Cause they know they love to attack the middle. And what do you do? You send your best receiver in Ayuk on a slant. You send juice out to the flat, two defenders follow Ayuk. Boom, you got a wide open play to juice. Like, that's how you create good offense. That's fantastic offense. And I do think that that's a play that you kind of have to set up throughout the game and then run later in the game. I think if you come out doing that, it's, it's a really risky throw because if the defense doesn't go towards the inside, they could get a pick six off that type of throw pretty easily. So it's one of those that you got to pick your pick the right time. And that's on Shanahan for recognizing once the defenses are cheating to be able to pick the right time. And he did it this time. I feel like you can get one of those every game with juice. Maybe not that big of a play. You can get juice open for a reception. Could have had two. He was wide open in another one. Yeah, I saw Akash. I think I saw you tweet about that where it was a third down and he just runs down the seam basically and he's wide open. And Aikman pointed it out on the broadcast. And my God, if Jimmy Garoppolo could have ever could have ever seen it, that's a walk-in touchdown, assuming you could complete the pass. But that's the flaw, right? He had that ball out, Debo Samuel, yeah. on like the, the little like flat in the flat. Yeah. Well before Juice is streaking down the field. So that's kind of the pros and cons there. But again, that's the thing, right? The de- defense is key in on Debo Samuel, you know, on a screenplay, for instance, and they let Juice go wide open down, you know, down the seam. So yeah, pros and cons there with <laughs> Garoppolo getting the ball out quickly. But man, it feels like Talanoa Hufanga now. Making plays look like a superstar. Crazy. Unbelievable monster. Watch him start to blow up a little bit, too. You know, he, he hasn't really, like, been in the media that much, doing a lot of stuff. That's going to change. You're going to start to see Hufanga out there. Mm-hmm. Um, how about the 49ers has not given up a touchdown in the first half this year? 
we're a quarter of the way through the season, essentially. And they haven't given up a touchdown in the first half. And don't come at me with schedule and look who they played and whatever. In today's NFL, that's amazing. That is amazing. And again, it's a credit to the defense, a credit to D'Amico Ryans and all of that. I don't want to come across like I'm complaining because I'm trying to be positive here. But I do want to point out, it shouldn't be this hard to win a game where the team, other team scores nine points. Like it, it just shouldn't be this hard. I shouldn't be white knuckling it in the, in the fourth quarter when the other team hasn't scored a touchdown. So this offense still has things to straighten out, but this was always kind of the 49ers plan, right? Yeah. We know we have things to straighten out. We're going to improve as the season goes along, but we think we're good enough to win in the meantime. And they were tonight, Levin. Yeah, I think that that there's two ways of looking at it, and I don't disagree with you on that, that it shouldn't be this hard, but you could also look at it as imagine once the offense improves and gets clicking and gets back to, you know, their average performance. No team can beat them. If if you get the average performance of the a Kyle Shanahan offense over the last five plus years now with the 49ers, plus this defense, you're not gonna lose. No, I agree. And and the highest end version of that is twenty nineteen, right? Right. When the offense was efficient, they had playmakers, defense was top-notch, obviously had a good coaching staff. You end up with 13 wins and an appearance at the Super Bowl, and in the one game, whatever, anything can happen, right? And I think the highest end of that this this season would be exactly that. I feel like their ceiling is exactly what it was in 2019. And now it's on Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo, and the rest of this offense to be able to figure it out and put it together. And that's understandable, right? They, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously didn't participate really much in training camp, whatever. You can say he's been there for five years, but feels like they asked him about his arm being sore again tonight. So maybe that, that's part of it. I mean, uh, he is coming like off sh- shoulder surgery. so That too, that too. So I feel like once they're able to hit the ground running, if they can get some of these pieces back that are hurt, keep that defense intact for the most part, keep 97, who looks like the defensive player of the year on the field, I mean, they are going to be a tough, tough out. Kevin Dennis on the YouTube page. Thanks for the super chat. Every time Jimmy throws off screen, I still white knuckle it. Welcome to hell. Yeah, that's true. I still do. But it makes it a lot easier to know that even if the worst does happen, the defense is good enough to stonewall the other team. I thought Jimmy had a couple passes tonight that were turnover worthy that could have been intercepted. But all in all, he played solid. He didn't crush the team. He didn't have that back-breaking play that lets the other team back in the game. And that's all they need from him. That's all they're asking every week. Just do that, Jimmy. That's good. And And they they say football's a game of inches and one extra inch on that touchdown to Debo, it's a pick six instead. And that changes the entire game. I mean, that's how close it was at that point in the game. And, you know, sometimes that's going to end up being the interception instead of the touchdown. (laughs) But, Jimmy played all you need out of him. This is what you need. Was was he great? No. Was he terrible? No. He was mediocre, and that's all you need. You need him to be, for lack of a better term, a game manager. Yeah, I feel like sometimes people say game manager like negatively, like it's supposed to be like a slight. I think when Jimmy Garoppolo is just a point guard, this offense can be really successful. Just get the ball out, get it to your playmakers, don't turn the ball over, be efficient on third downs. And just keep the chains moving, and that's really all that is required of him. And again, it's when I say that it sounds negative, but I feel like his, that's all he needs to do for this team to be successful. That's what he was, and so 
like you mentioned, it's not like we need to throw a ton of praise on him or anything, but he's, he's, you know, doing what he's asked of. And that's, that's all this team will need in order for them to be successful this season. By the way, Akash, I see you've got your, uh, your homage t-shirt on very nice Levin. you wearing yours i got my victory monday shirt on i was on with Kay adams this morning i was trying to will the victory into existence apparently it worked man that's how good these shirts are yes it's all because of you rob well you know look i do what i can i'm here for the team okay i'll do whatever it takes i'll wear whatever i have to wear Fortunately, I got this awesome shirt from Homage. Thank you to everybody there that hooked us up. If you want one, there's a link in the YouTube description. There'll be a link in the podcast description. Click it. It'll take you right to the Niners page. They have a ton of awesome shirts. Levin has more of like the Tecmo Bowl shirt. Akasha, you went with like a very traditional option, I see. But that's nothing's yeah, wrong with a classic. Had the, had the 94 throwback SF logo. Yep. Love the clean look. They have a ton of great looks. Go get your shirts at Homage. I love mine. Let me take it here because I see a lot of people upset that George Kittle didn't get a ton of targets in this game. He only had four, two catches for 24 yards, long of 20. I thought going into this game that that's what we would see because I feel like Kyle needed George to block with no Trent Williams. And then when Colton McKivitz went down and it was Jalen Moore, like as soon as Colton McKivitz went down, I was like, oh, George is not getting another target because he might not run another route the rest of the game. I understand the frustration that people have because I get frustrated that they don't use George Moore. But in this specific game, I kind of understand it. But I'm seeing a lot of people in the comments mad about it. It, it is what it is. It, if they want to truly be a contender come playoff time, Kittle has to be able to do more in the receiving game. But there's a long way to go before then. You know, is Kittle fully up to speed? I mean, he pretty much didn't do anything all, all training camp preseason and i guess he had most of training camp but you know he was on the shelf for quite a while there so he might not be fully up to speed it's gonna come Kittle's gonna have his breakout game it's disappointing that's one of the negatives going on still coming through this game is that Kittle is not more involved but he's gonna get there no and if, if you look at Garoppolo's targets he had 25 in the game 11 of those went to Debo Samuel Brandon IU, which is what you want which is what about 44%, and then another four went to Juwan Jennings. So basically 60% of the targets went to the top three wide receivers, and then George Kittle got four. So he's tied for the second most targets. It felt like he didn't get a bunch because he had none in the first half. Yeah. Then he had a bunch in the second half. And obviously, like you mentioned, his value in pass blocking, run blocking is just so vital to this team, especially when Colton McKivitz goes down. You know that they're going to shade him there. I think Troy Aiken mentioned it on the broadcast that – you know, he was helping out on more side, and I'm okay with that. I think this team has three reliable pass catchers in Debo, Ayuk, and Jennings where they don't need to force feed George Kittle if, you know, they need him to help pass block or whatever. Would I want him to have more targets like a Kelsey? Sure, but this isn't the Chiefs where they've got Kelsey and a bunch of receivers or Mark Andrews and a bunch of receivers, right? I feel like this team and this offense really goes through Debo, really goes through Ayuk. And George Kittle is more of a third option. And depending on the week, he'll have some big receiving numbers. But I just don't think it's what he's asked of um, for this team right now. Chris Maldonado watching on the Super Chat. Much love and respect. Thank you for this podcast. Get me Gets me through my week. My wife, Isha, said hello and go Niners. Sorry if I mispronounced the name. I'm terrible with names. I apologize. Uh, but we appreciate the Super Chat. Yeah, the Kittle thing... 
I want Kittle getting more targets than Jennings. Like I, there was that one possession where the Niners get the ball and I was like, okay, here we go. Get the ball to your playmakers. And they go screen pass to or incomplete to Charlie Warner deep down the field screen pass to Ray Ray McLeod. And then they threw an incompletion. Jimmy threw high to Juwan Jennings. And I'm sitting there like, did that just happen? Did we just have a possession where Debo Kittle, I, none of these people were even targeted. Like it, it can get frustrating at times. And, and Jennings has a role because he can be good on third down, but Kittle's got to be featured ahead of him. He has to be, they're paying him a zillion dollars. It, it is what it is. I, I will say on that possession, Warner was wide open and it was just uh, he looked one way and the pass came the other. Still yeah, nearly well, caught it. Jennings was wide it. open and Jimmy made a bad throw. So they worked. You know, that's another one of those scenarios where Kyle needs to recognize and pick his spots and he picked the correct spots. It was just, you can say bad throw on both of them. You can say Warner was at fault for one of them. Whatever you want to say. They were wide open. Kyle picked the right spots where the defense was keen so much on the other guys that those guys ended up being wide open. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. They need to get those connections. And you're not always going to be able to get it to three exact guys. That drive you bring up is a good example of where I thought the play design was good. Play calling was great. Execution was just a little off, right? You have Charlie Warner open, right? Kyle Shanahan scheming these guys open. And you got to be able to hit that throw. And then second down, that screenplay had the chance to be big just because they had the blockers in space. Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey just does a good job of getting, you know, tipping the pass. Third down, Juwan Jennings, again, would have converted on third and 10, third and 11, whatever it was. And pass was just high. And I think on the third down where Debo scores, the 57-yard touchdown, they double Kittle in the slot. And so, you know, defenses – we probably have to go back and see exactly what happens on all of Kittle's routes, but it feels like when they put Kittle in the slot on a third down, defenses seem to key in on that because it's something, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo loves to find him in the middle of the field on third downs. And so they seem to be doubling him, whatever the case is. So yeah, you know, Shanahan, I'm sure we'll try to find a way to get him more involved, but with the way the passes are being distributed so far, I feel like you, there's not much to complain about, especially if Debo and Ayuk are accounting for, you know, 45% of the targets. And yeah, that's what they should. Just that particular possession. Like, yeah, Charlie Warner, you know, he dropped that ball. Maybe Kittle catches that ball. Just, you know, just throwing it out there. Now, would he Kittle have been that open? I don't know. But I just, yeah, I, I don't like the excuse that, well, Kittle's doubled. So that's it. George Kittle's out of the game plan. Like Travis Kelsey gets doubled too. He still gets open. Like just take whatever the hell the chiefs are doing and copy that for a little more. But again, yeah, I right. have more of an issue with the, like still running on a second and 10 or second and nine, you know, the run, run pass when first down, you didn't run well and you still come out in second down. Cause you're yeah. just trying to get to a third and six. You know, at that point, just try to pass twice. That, that would be my big complaint on in terms of the offensive play design, but this game was a game that I think, like you said, Akash, I think the play calling was good. The play design was good. It's still just a execution issue, and that's on the players. It was good last week. I mean, we saw Debo run wide open. Like, you know, it's yeah, it's still more on the execution. Just that one particular possession uh, ticked me off a little bit. I saw this tweet from Jeff Dini of Pro Football Focus. 49ers defense yards allowed per play by week. Chicago week one in the monsoon, five and a half. Seattle week two, 4.6. 
Denver week three, 3.7. Super Bowl champion Rams, 3.5. They're getting better. <laughs> Stevens is improving as we go along. Yeah, they came in the week number one at 3.9 yards per play, and they just allowed 3.5, so that's going to improve. And and I I I banged a drum this week, and really on offseason. I thought this Rams roster was overrated. I thought the 49ers roster, top to bottom, was better, especially because that Rams offensive line. A couple injuries on the inside. I think they're starting two new guards. Yep. They're on their third string center. I knew this defensive line was just going to have a huge advantage. I saw someone from PFF say that Nick Bosa had 14 pressures, 14 pressures, two sacks. <laughs> he leads the league with six right now. I just thought they were a complete mismatch. D'Amico Ryans made a huge adjustment from last season to this. He doubled Cooper Cup on all the third downs. You know, Cooper Cup, obviously, Sean McVay is trying to match him up on D'Amador Lenore in the slot, which makes sense. You want to put him away from Mosley and Ward, so you put him in the slot. Well, guess what? You have Warner kind of shading inside, so now you're doubling Cup and forcing Matt Stafford to throw the ball to someone else. And mm -hmm. the Rams don't really have someone else, right? They've got 18, Skarnack, who's okay. They've got Robinson, who looks like a shell of himself. And then they've got Higby, the tight Higby, end. Higby, yeah. I mean, they got no deep threat. Yeah, they've got no one stretching the defense vertically. And, it's, and Stafford probably should have had three picks, maybe two pick sixes today. Yeah. This, their offense looks brutal. This Niners defense is just playing lights out. I mean, you look at their schedule – Outside of the Chargers, and I mean, the next three or four weeks, they should have their way with these offenses. The Rams had only one play of 20 yards or more in the entire game, and they didn't even really look to throw deep that much. That's why I still say Matthew Stafford's arm, I don't know. Last year, he would still chuck it deep. Sometimes he would just throw it to nobody, but he would still attempt it. But I felt like, and maybe it was because he didn't have the time to throw, but like I felt like he didn't even really attempt to go deep. Uh, so that's I still think there's something going on there with his arm. I'm trying to keep an eye on the post game and what people are saying. Uh, Edgar watching on my Twitch page at stats on fire. Shout out to you, Edgar. Thank you very much. Armstead and Kinlaw injured. Are we to be worried? So Kinlaw looked to me like before the game, like he expected to go or wanted to go because he worked mm -hmm. out and was supposedly looking good. But then he huddled up with the team and I think they told him no go and he did not seem happy. And if there's one dude on the 49ers, I do not want to piss off. It is the Hulk Javon Kinlaw, but I think Armstead's going to be gone for a little while. He, you gotta, that plantar fasciitis is a lingering thing. You need to take time and really treat that for it to go away. Otherwise it's just going to keep flaring up on you. So that'll be interesting. Have you guys seen anything in the post game about the injuries coming out of this one? Not yet. Just just Colton McKivitz has an MCL injury. Oh, another Whoa. one, man. So I'd imagine he's probably out for a little bit. Depends on the grade. Um, Armstead and Kinlaw, that's brutal, man. I mean, Kevin Givens looks fantastic. Hassan Bridgeway, great in pass rushing situations. But those are your two starting interior defensive linemen, and that would yep. be a blow. I imagine Javon Kinlaw probably suits up next week because it looked like he was pretty close. Um, so maybe, you know, looking back, it's probably great that they held him back because then he gets an extra week of rest and they win the game. Armstead, yeah, I probably agree. Probably have to keep him off that foot for a while. I'm no doctor, but I'd imagine he's probably, you know, I'm sure we'll hear more from Kyle Shanahan, but didn't look good that he couldn't finish the game. So I, I got to change subject. Sorry, this is just too good not to share. Hufanga was asked about the pick six and diagnosing uh, based on the different release by receivers. His quote is, you can smell a rat when it comes to those things. 
<laughs> the dude is as instinctual a player like and he's going to be wrong at some point because event nobody guesses right 100% of the time but man that dude needs to play the lottery now because right now everything he is doing is coming up gold. I thought Diamador Lenore had a really strong game tonight. They were putting him on Cooper Cup in some situations. Like he, Samuel Womack had a really good training camp, really good preseason. And all of a sudden, Lenore has zoomed right past him and he looked good tonight, Akash. Absolutely. And like you mentioned, they were impressed with how he was playing in practice and they said, okay, let's you know, bump him up. I, I didn't particularly think Womack was, you know, a liability or anything like that. And Lenore looked okay. You know, Cooper Cup is going to get his. Cooper Cup, probably the best receiver, one of the best receivers in the league. And, you know, he got his. But, and Sean McVay, I knew, was going to try to put Cup in the slot as much as possible. Oh, yeah. Right. Matchup against the 49ers' worst cornerback, right? Because, you know, in years past, Jimmy Ward would normally drop down into the slot and take Cup in those situations. But no Ward. I don't think you trust Huff in those type coverage situations quite yet. And obviously you don't play Gibson there. Um, so you trust Lenore. And then as Cup started to get his a little bit, they obviously doubled him a little bit more on key, thir- you know, key third down type situations and forced Matt Stafford to go elsewhere. And I thought Lenore played really well. And I know the 49ers ask a lot of their slot corners in the run game and as blitzers. And Lenore had a huge sack. I think it was on second or third down. I can't remember early in the game. Um, against Matt Stafford. It came out like a back-to-back uh, thing of sacks. So I thought Lenore looked solid. And when, with the 49ers, two outside corners looking like really, really good, that's really all you need out of Lenore. And yeah, man, if, if he's your worst defender on the field at any times, your defense is going to be lights out. <laughs> Can I just say Mosley is uh, earning himself quite a bit of money come this offseason. Now it's to the point where when the quarterback drops back and throws it deep – I just expect somebody to be there to break it up, especially right. if it's going to Ward. Ward had another good play in the end zone where they tried to throw a fade to Allen Robinson because apparently the Rams paid him all that money just so he could run fades. It's like the only thing they ever let him do. And Ward is right there again. He's so good with the ball in the air, making plays on the ball, just tips it away again. Like like easy, like no problem, deflected. Like I just have so much faith in him to make the play. It's amazing how the secondary, you know, going into the season, we were wondering what it was going to look like. And now I feel pretty confident. And Jimmy Ward's not even there. And they get Jimmy Ward back. I mean, Gibson's been playing well. I think he's had a couple coverage busts early in the season. But Jimmy Ward, Tano, Hufanga, I mean, we were concerned about the second, you know, the safety combination coming into the season, if they were too thin or whatever. Yep. They might have one of the best in the league. Someone on this show said they had the worst in the league. Who was that? I can't remember. Was that you, Levin? <laughs> Might have been. I was pretty <laughs> down on uh, that that safety tandem. Well, because we didn't know what Hufanga was coming into the year. Yeah. Uh, and like I tweeted uh, right at the end of the game, right before coming on, I was so, so wrong on Hufanga, and I'm paying my penance now. I've never been so happy to be wrong. I mean, <laughs> he's... For a fifth-round pick? They got him in the fifth round. Right now, it's like, who's the better fifth-round pick? George Kittle or Talano Hufanga? You're like, oh, damn. The 49ers are really reaping the benefits of Clay Helton at USC because Talano Hufanga, Greg Jackson, these guys that arguably looked really good in college, but you know, their, mm. their teams weren't as good at USC. They didn't measure as well at the combine. And, man, the 49ers are getting – 
you know, a steal in Town Hall Fong Ben. I think we all expect Drake Jackson to do good things. He had that one good tip pass yep. um, here late, which, you know, helped uh, slow down the Rams who were going no huddle. So I just think this this defense, I mean, I know all the talk is about Garoppolo and Shanahan quarterbacks, but I feel like we should give more attention to this unit, which we think is the best in the land. Kyle Posey has a great tweet. The 49ers defense has allowed 46 points on the season. Three defenses gave up 40 points in a game this week. <laughs> that is how good they have been. It's just staggering. Uh, by the way, that full quote from Hufanga about the pick six, he said, they had just been running screens all night and I just saw a different release than I'm used to. And instead of going and following my man, I was turned and the ball kind of dropped in my face. I thought Stafford was going to catch me, not going to lie. I thought the same thing on the broadcast. I was like, oh, no, here comes that 4-6 speed coming back to haunt us. But I think Stafford kind of kind of gave up a little bit and it ended up going for the pick six. And that really turned the entire game. And the, uh, between Hufonga now, if you're going to have him at the safety, him and Ward, you already have Warner in the middle at the linebacking core. And you've got Bosa up front. Like, you've got all people playing at an all-pro level at every level level of the defense. That's when you get a historic defense. That's what you see when you look at, like, the Legion of Boom back in the day, right? That's when you get a defense that gets a name. Are, are yep. we at the point where this Niners defense has to get a name? I don't know what it will be, but uh, Lenore did, did call him all-pro Huff in the postgame. So he has officially <laughs> started that campaign. <laughs> but, yeah, that's a good point. We do kind of have to... Somebody needs to come up with a good nickname for this defense. I think it deserves. I mean, this isn't the first year they've been really good. They've really honestly been really good for three or four years now. And you didn't even mention Dre Greenlaw, who since getting his extension looks like he's been an absolute yeah. monster. Led the team with 15 tackles. He had 15 tackles today. And that dude has so much swag. He wears a velvet do-rag all the time. <laughs> And uh, no, this defense is full of ballers and all pro Huff. I mean, through four games, I, I mean, I, I don't know who else is up there, but he's got what two picks, a pick six, a bunch of PBUs. He should be right there in the mix. I mean, 49ers safeties would go entire years without getting two interceptions, seasons without getting two interceptions. Hufanga already has two in four games this year. Apparently, Sean McVay got up in the post game presser and said, that the Rams' mistakes were self-inflicted. Somebody tweeted, McVay really going to get up there and say they lost because of self-inflicted mistakes? Matt Stafford didn't sack himself, Sean. I will say, I thought there was a couple points in the broadcast where Aikman pointed it out, where D'Amico is blitzing, and the Rams actually have someone there to cover the blitz, and they just whiffed. They couldn't make the play. The Niners defender got around him and sacked him. I think maybe that's what he was talking about, but... I don't know. I don't look at this Rams game and say that Rams lost it. I say the 49ers took it, Levin. I mean, they might have the worst offensive line in the league. You have a quarterback in Stafford who's pretty good at, you know, and good quarterbacks tend to help out an offensive line. But this is the second game they've given up seven sacks this yeah, season. And I think they're they're tied for second worst. I just saw a stat on Twitter where they're tied for second worst for most quarterback hits as well. Like, at some point, you just have a really bad offensive line and them losing one-on-ones and missing blocks. I don't think you can really just come out and say, oh, well, it, it was us losing the game. No, it's just you don't have very good guys. <laughs> Emiliano watching on the YouTube page. 
Spencer Burford totally missing that Darren Donald assignment early in the game made me think he might have a rough night. Fortunately, he was able to get settled. That was not a good look. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo drops back and Aaron Donald's in the backfield so fast that I'm like, what happened? And they show the replay and literally it was like the parting of the Red Sea. McGlinchey went to the right, Burford went to the left and Aaron Donald was like, really? And he just charged into the backfield. That was uh, that was not a good look, but fortunately that was not a sign of things to come. How What grade would you give the offensive line, Akash? Offensive line without looking at any of the numbers or rewatching how they played, probably like a B. Yeah. I mean, that right side has been struggling. Last week, um, Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb ran a couple stunts. Scott Spencer Burford. Feels like maybe, maybe I'm not in these offensive line meetings, but it feels like the, the mental part of the game is coming a little slower to Spencer Burford, right? Not picking up stunts, communicating with McGlinchey. Obviously, they slotted Dan Brunsko right back in there, and it felt like the right side of the line was stabilized. Aaron Banks looks to be playing really well. When we don't talk about an offensive line, I feel like that's a good thing because True. Banks is usually doing his job. And Banks, I mean, he had a couple plays I highlighted against Aaron Donald just holding his own. Obviously, that left tackle spot is questionable. They're on their third third string tackle, so <laughs> it is what it is. Jake Brandle called, called for a couple holdings on the whole. You know, the play caller and the quarterback did a good job of hiding this offensive line, right? Get the ball out quickly, spread them out horizontally. You know, that's I feel like that's where they're in their best when they have to drop back and pass protect for five, six seconds. Not necessarily their strength. And I thought they did a good job of just putting them in positions to succeed, which is what you want to do as a coach. So I'd say like a B. Yeah, I think a lot of it was scheme-based. I think, like you said, if if they tried to run – a more traditional offense, one closer to what they ran last week, uh, you would be talking differently about the offensive line. I, I think uh, they weren't able to truly hold their blocks that long, but they didn't have to. I will say the Rams tried to do the same thing. And we talked about that, Rob, on, on the gold standard, that we thought both offenses were going to probably try to limit that because both offensive lines were probably going to be overmatched by the opposing defensive line. And I think the Rams tried to do that too. It's just, they were falling into a lot of third down and longs. And so they were having to do longer dropbacks. And that's when the Niners were able to, you know, tee off and get to Stafford. Will White watching on the Facebook page. How about Goldman Sachs is the nickname for the defense. Mm, I don't love it. And Brian Elliott also on Facebook says not Goldman Sachs, gold rush defense. That's okay, but it's kind of low hanging fruit. Like yeah. I think we could do better than that. I don't know what it, it needs a nickname. It's going to need a nickname. I mean, my God, they, like I said earlier, they haven't allowed a first half touchdown, a first half touchdown. That's if we're going to do a cliche, we're going to, we're going to say that they're the number one defense in the league. So they're the gold standard defense, but we don't need the low hanging fruit. Jen Will, uh, Jed Willard on the Facebook page says LA blew two easy touchdowns on the goal line that one drive. So did they, they did have some major miscues, but yeah, they were outplayed overall. I don't remember the Rams blowing easy touchdowns. Did I just black out during that part of the game? Do you guys remember that? I don't, I don't, I know there were points when they drove, drove down the field and you thought they might get a touchdown, but they never had a play that was like, Oh, it was there. And they just missed it. I guess, well, the near interception in the end zone, I mean, that was open. That should have been a touchdown. Stafford just threw a horrible pass. Okay, I but it also should won. have been an interception. So yeah, that cancels out. Um, Akash, I know you got to hop off here. Leave us with a parting shot. What is your lasting impression from this game? 49ers, 2-0 in the division. 
two and two atop the NFC West. Defense looks like the best in the NFL. Offense seems to have found its identity. I think they come out swinging these next two weeks. I cannot wait. Appreciate you guys for having me as well. Thanks, Akash. We'll catch you Wednesday on the Shanna Plan with Kyle Posey. I don't know what to do with my hands, Levin. The 49ers kicked ass tonight. They kicked <laughs> ass. They looked like the team that we all thought they could be coming into the year. And Jimmy Garoppolo didn't screw it up. The running game was okay. I still would have liked to see Jordan Mason get some more touches or a touch in the game. Would be nice. I, I think the running game worked when it wasn't, when they weren't up. You know what I mean? Like in game, it wasn't working. The fourth quarter run game was not effective. And that was because the Rams knew they were going to try to run because they were trying to run out the clock. Yeah. But I think they did the right thing. They came out passing. You know, they're yes. in the shotgun. They came out passing. They made the defense respect the pass. Mm-hmm. And then they were running and they were able to find some room. Whereas if they came out and did their normal thing, came out and tried to run the ball, they were going to be in third and 10, third and nine, because that's what the defense was expecting. So I think that was, once again, another thing that Kyle Shanahan did well. He came out and said, we're going to pass because I know they're going to come out and try to stop the run. 100%. And once they adjust for that, now we'll run and start gashing them. And that worked up until, like I said, the fourth quarter when the defense was able to adjust back and say, we know you have to run, so we're just going to cheat up. DQ Lee watching on the YouTube page. Jeff Wilson had his big play. 37-yard touchdown is a big play. Yeah, he was untouched, okay? Literally not touched. It's 32, which is still big, but. Anybody on the roster could have run that ball into the end zone. All right. Like I, I, people were trying to tell me that Jeff Wilson deserves all this credit. Like, no, he's, he's not bad. He's not bad. He's a solid player, but I think the 49ers could have something better than a solid player on their roster. And I just want to see if they do, you can always go back to Jeff Wilson, but Jeff uh, Wilson hasn't been bad, but uh, yeah, there's no question. The moment Eli Mitchell is healthy, Wilson probably won't get too many rushing plays anymore. Javi Vega, shout out to podcast host Emeritus Javi Vega. Again, asked a good question. It was something I wondered too. Bobby Turner's value. Bobby Turner is the Niners running back coach. He had some surgeries in March and he told the team he was going to step away this year so he could rest up and recover. Well, he returned to the team this week and the offense looked better. And, you know, he has a reputation as sort of a guy who, yeah, he coaches the running backs, but he also kind of holds everybody on the offense accountable. You know, he's been coaching for 40 years, so he knows what he's talking about. And the 49ers looked more crisp this week. The execution was a little better. I don't know how much value to put on that, but it was better, and he was back this week. I, I'm not going to sit here and lie and say, oh, yeah, I know that he was hugely valuable. I, I don't know how much he has to do with things, especially coming, you know, first week back. He's probably trying to get up to speed because I'm sure there have been some changes to the playbook and things like that. But yeah, I mean, he's a wildly popular assistant coach for the 49ers. I mean, he's really popular amongst players, not just the running backs. So I'm sure he has a positive effect just in that, you know, the demeanor. Uh, Tantara watching on the Niners Nation YouTube page. You guys are ignoring me, LOL. Ebukam Juice should get the ball more and be the third down back. I'm not ignoring you. Just say something interesting and I'll talk about it. First off, uh, don't say you guys. It's all Rob. I don't get to see the comments. I'm not, yeah, I'm not the, I don't have all the 11. God ability here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all you. I'm, I'm throwing you totally under the bus. <laughs> but think about this. I mean, Armstead went down. Kinlaw didn't play. Jimmy right. Ward wasn't there. Aziz Alshire didn't play, which, by the way, was another one of your brilliant comments. Why didn't we hear Aziz's name all night? Because he didn't play in the game. 
That's why he went on IR before the game started. Um, I, I will say this about the interior line. This is the second straight game that the 49ers defense has been on the field for a ton yes. of plays. So they need a week where the offense dominates the ball. Because if they come out and they have a game even similar to this game where the offense isn't terrible, they're just not great, and the defense is on the field more, I could see them wearing down with the Kinlaw and Armstead things. The interior O-line is going to start to get a little more gas because they're not going to get the same rotation that the edge guys are going to get. Yeah, the Rams had the ball for 73 plays. They had time of possession, 34 minutes and 34 seconds to the right. to just 25 minutes and change for the 49ers. That does take a toll. Uh, but it's weird. Like, I think they have so many plays because they go three and out so much. Like, and then the Niners go three and out, and then they get the ball back. Uh, Matt well, Marquette. The Rams had the ball a lot in this because they were dinking and dunking. Yes. And then the, the defense would eventually get a stop, but they would be on the field for – you know, uh, a six, seven, eight play drive that only went 30 yards, you know. Matt Marquez watching on the YouTube page. Kyle Shanahan says he loves play calling later in the yeah. season because he knows how defenses will play him. Do you think he's starting to get enough tape on defenses to adapt his play calling? I do agree that that's Kyle's biggest strength is I know what you're going to do and here's how I'm going to make you pay for it. But he should know how defenses are going to play them because it's the same offense they've had since 2019, except the running back's a little different. But other than that, like, that's why, you know, Akash tweeted it out, and I saw he wasn't the only one. A lot of people were saying, oh, the 49ers just need to find their identity. It's the same team since 2019. They know their identity. Run the hell out of the ball and play good defense. Like, that's the identity. and It wouldn't change just because the season's different. It's all the same players, basically. Yes, and I, I think a lot of that came from Jeff Wilson. He's not a bad running back, but he's not a difference maker. This offensive line is not as good, especially with Trent Williams out what is their identity because they're not going to be able to just dominate and steamroll teams. Keep being physical pound team, be the bully. That's right. But, I mean, they came out, they came out in this game. Like I said, they came out passing. They did a ton of screens. True. And then they ran the ball. That's different than their typical. We're going to come out and run until you prove you can stop it. Somebody had a good nickname tweet for the defense. And I just, Oh, here it is. Brian Elliott on the Facebook page. No, they're not in San Francisco anymore, but the defense nickname could be golden gate. It's okay. It's not bad. I don't hate it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be something that's not – there's so so many things that are around the Niners with gold and things like that that kind of – I don't think you can do a nickname off that. Like the Legion of Boom, that's a great nickname. has nothing yeah. to do with Seattle. That's true. Yeah. That's a good point. And we we do have two podcasts on this network with gold in the title. So maybe we we probably don't <laughs> need to go that way anymore. All right. I was trying to I wanted to see if I could Both see some podcasts comments. you're on, by the way. Yeah, so that's true. You that lacks creativity, even yeah. though I came up with our name. So a hundred percent. I don't recall that, but sure. <laughs> I'm trying to see if anybody had any comments like Debo or Jimmy or anybody. I don't see anything interesting floating around on Twitter. That's the one thing I wish I could do is listen to the post game, but I can't host I tried. If you noticed, I, I kind of have it up over here and I kept turning the sound on and I would try to like go back and forth between listening to see if anything important was being said. But they're just now getting to the press conferences. It was like a really long time for them. to They weren't really playing it on ESPN for some reason. Normally, you know, they they go to the Scott Van Pelt and then they go back for the press conferences. And they really only had that for like one question on each coach. Very, very weird. Uh, I'll leave you with this. Nick Newman tweeted, the 49ers finished 2-4 and four in the division last year. They are 2-0 and oh in the division right now. 
Nick Bosa leads the NFL with six sacks in four games. The easiest money I will ever make in my life is betting on Nick Bosa's oh, 11.5 over under for sacks this year. That, uh, by the way, puts him on pace for 25 and a half. I, didn't I say he was getting 20 this year? If he doesn't get hurt, he's getting 20. Like, book it. It's happening. So anyway, great win for the 49ers. 2-0 in the division, as we said, leading the NFC West at 2-2 two two with games against Atlanta, Carolina and Atlanta coming up. And that was a good point by Akash. He's right. The game against uh, Carolina, even though it's in Carolina, is still a 4.05 p.m. Eastern time start. So it's not an early body clock game for the Niners, which is awesome. They're going to stay on the East Coast. They could realistically, very realistically, go into that game against Kansas City on October 23rd in Week 7 at four and two, which would be incredible considering how the season started and the lineup they have coming up after that, they, they, they need to be four and two. Yes. Cause it's Kansas city. It's the Rams again in LA, which is really a home game, a buy in week nine, then the chargers in week 10, Arizona week 11. That's like, to me, that's the most difficult stretch of the schedule. Yeah. That and if you're section. just concentrating on this next game, it's so bad in Carolina right now. Matt Rule was literally asked with Sam Darnold getting healthy whether or not he's thought right. about turning to him. So that's how bad it's been in Carolina so far. Yeah, things are not going. Plus, Nick Bosa is going to want to just pound Baker Mayfield into the ground. Carlos says Baker will yeah. get sacked at least four times in the first quarter. Maybe you think he does the flag thing. He might. He absolutely might. Uh, one more thing, just really quick. Maynard watching on the YouTube page stats. You're not doing the daily five minute updates anymore. Yes, I am. Every day I do a five-minute update. You can find it on Spotify. You can find it on iTunes. Anywhere you can find podcasts, you can find all the Niners Nation podcasts. So Let, I definitely do. This. If you like listening to Rob, there is plenty enough Rob content. On and really, why wouldn't you? I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> That's going to do it for this edition of the show. Again, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. Shout out to Homage once again. I'm in my victory Monday. Thank you very much, Homage. Levin, you got your shirt there with all the Super Bowl titles in it. There's a link if you like our shirts or you want to check out what they have. There's a link in the YouTube description. There'll be a link in the podcast description. Just click it. It'll take you right there. You can get yourself hooked up with one of their awesome shirts. All right, everybody. Two and two, baby. The season is back on track. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for all the support. We are going to talk to you on Wednesday. will be the Shanna Plan with Kyle Posey and Akash Anavarathan. <laughs>